We're going to turn to Genesis chapter 1 this morning. God is just very patient and very kind. You know, I think of like, um, think of Romans 2, 2, 4. And I just, you know, I, I just, I, I look at, I just want to take this very personal this morning, even in his leading of where we're at right now. But I just love how it says this. It says in verse 2, verse 4, I'm going to read it. It says, or despises the riches of his goodness and his forbearance and long suffering. So, how beautiful is that? His goodness it, it, it abides in a spirit of forbearance and long suffering. Not knowing that the goodness, this goodness in the forbearance and long suffering towards us, not knowing that the goodness of God leads, leadeth thee to repentance, right? And it means, listen, it means to have a change of mind, okay? And how do you have a change of mind without a change of will? <laughs> Right? How, listen, how patient, how long suffering, how forbearing is God and his goodness towards us as he leads us by his grace? This is incredible. It really is. And this morning, I just like, I'm just thinking of this. And, because I don't, I cannot, honestly, I have to relate. And Ed's, the communication Ed to this, I mean, God's been dealing with me about image from the day I got saved. <laughs> okay? But we, we, Ed and I, have been talking about image and a booklet, right, on image. I, I can't. It's been. How long? <laughs> I, a couple of years. Wasn't it? I mean, couple. I think it's been like, Probably really since the first time we talked about a booklet on that, yeah. it probably seven, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Yeah. And man, honestly, it's like it's I and I'm, I'm like this morning I'm like repenting about it. I still don't know exactly what to do, and I don't think he's saying, "Hey, I don't need you to know what to do. I need you to be one with me." Like just. Be obedient, you know? Guys, I just think, and I don't, and I, you know, I think back to, like, how I personally put things on myself or how even, not even really realizing that putting things on Ed to do it. You know what I mean? I, I never, I don't think I really ever verb, verbalized that, right? Or, But just think, it's just on all of us. <laughs> it's just... And it's not like grievous. It's like a joyous thing. Like, hey, this is, we could, you know, this is for us together. But oh my goodness. As I was reading this morning about like, you know, and it really is this morning, really what it is, is a complimentation of all the things in the past that we received that bring us up to this point. There's no thought about it. Right? We've been taught 
precisely and accurately and well and rightly divided the word of truth, listen, under someone not preaching himself, and I mean someone, I mean all of us, entering into the oneness of like, we preach Christ and Christ crucified, right? Like, for his glory, we preach Christ together as a group. There might be folks in different functions, like as God sorts that out, and it's true, and they function in that way, and they've been given things by God freely over time, and it, 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 it does create a distinction between us, right? But all in the oneness of what God is doing in his divine order for what? For his glory and for our purpose. <laughs> it's awesome, right? And so this book on image, I just, guys, we just got to get on board, <laughs> right? It's it really, for our benefit. It's just really what it, and so this morning, I just want to, you know, I just want to share a few thoughts that God gave me, okay? So turn to Genesis chapter 1, verses 26, and I'm going to be really slow, and I want you to really focus on what's being said, Okay? So this is what it says, and God said, you know, this morning I said, to who? Like, who is he talking to? <laughs> right? And it's so beautiful. He said, it brings it out. What was happening here in this communication when it said God says is John 1.1. 1, 1. Listen to what it says. It says, let us make man in what? In our own image. Let me read that again. Let us make man in our, in our image. After our likeness. Let me read that again. And God said, let us make man in our own image after our likeness. Go down to verse 27. So we see there was, there was thought and communication in the Trinity in the agreement of making man in their own image, in their own likeness, right? So God created man in his own image. Did you hear that? God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. We've been talking this week, and like, you know, Ed did a, um, an analogy yesterday about approaching God with a thimble and him having an ocean for you, right? And it's, you know, and we come in, and the reason why we come in with a thimble is because that is our capacity to handle God. And then sooner or later, the thimble just, just falls, right? And you forget about the thimble, and you're just soaked. And you're like, ah, ah, ah. now you're not trying not to drown, but you can't drown because it's nothing that's killing you. It's life-giving. Please hear what I just said. Talk about we don't live the Christian life, right? My life sucks. What does that even mean? Right? Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Who's our life? Who's our life? Christ is our life. 
So if I say my life sucks, what am I saying? Christ what? Sucks. Who's that an attack on? That's not an attack on the image of God? Who was created in the image of God? We are. If we reject, listen, if we live in the rejection of who we are, who are we attacking? Ourselves? Who are we attacking? God. Right? I had a conversation with my wife years ago, and, and, and I looked at her. We were having this conversation, and we, we just shared it. I said, well, you've got to forgive God for the way he created you. <laughs> Because if you hate you, well, what are you really saying? Isabel, what are you saying? You hate God. You hate God. <laughs> Let's get that straight. <laughs> Whose image were you created in? His? Okay. Oh, no. This isn't important. No. No. This isn't. No. We don't need, we don't need God's clarity on this. No. You want them to talk about, do you realize when we talk about an angelic conflict and being born into an angelic conflict, we are born, we come out of the mother's womb in Psalm 51.5. Listen, formed in iniquity and sin were conceived. What does that mean? What's iniquity? Ed, what's iniquity? Making a provision for self to reign in its own will apart from God. Making a provision in self for us to reign apart from God. Now, in that place, are we going to love God or hate God? Listen, we were born, right? What's, listen, in the condition we were born, in settled, listen, in settled hatred towards the image of God. <laughs> I wonder why we don't like ourselves very much. Right? Because we can do that, you know, on our own. Jonathan, where were you when your mother, when you were being in, listen, when you were being interwoven in iniquity in your mother's womb and conceived in sin, like where were you in that? Please tell me how much of a part of that you had. Hmm, yeah, isn't that interesting? So you came out like that and you came out with the capacity to hate God, but you came up with it. This isn't okay. This is, listen, this isn't okay. It's not okay. I've heard people say this. Listen, this is the biggest bunch of baloney skins in the world. I could have grace for other people's. I just can't receive it for myself. No, you can't. I love other people. I just can't love myself. No, you can't. I love other people, listen, with mental hatred towards the image of God. Sure you do. I just can't. I, I can forgive other people, you know. But I just can't seem to forgive myself. Right. Because there's so much forgiveness in you apart from God for other people. Listen, you want to talk about a form of godliness but denying the power thereof? 
You want to talk about playing games? You want to talk about living in hypocrisy, in a false image, in Christendom, in a seared conscience, saying you're okay without God? What, the, what does that even mean? This is all image. Listen, all of it. This is all image. We were created. Listen, we were created in his image, in his likeness. Okay? Now, we know in, in uh, Isaiah 14, right? What did Satan say? I will be what? Like. Listen, I will be like the Most High God. Okay? Right? So if he desired to be like the Most High God, he had to have a picture of what that likeness was. Right? Do you understand? Okay. So we understand that the angelic conflict, right, is about the expressing of what? The image of who? Us or God? It's God. So we've heard this. Now, Ed has said this in the past. We would not even be tried, attacked, accused without what? Christ, listen, Christ in us. Do you understand what's happening here? And the thing about it is, I thought my entire life up to this morning, I had a new thought this morning, oh my God, I always thought that was out here. Right? All this attack, all this trial against the image of God, it's all out here. It's, it's an angelic conflict out here. There's a big battle going out here, right? And I was born into this big battle going out here. Wait a minute, going out here? Wait a minute, going out here? I was interwoven with what? In my mother's womb. Who was in my mother's womb? Everybody out here? Or this guy right here? <laughs> Me. That all this out here is a battle in where? Here. Right? And then it's an internal battle in here against the image of God in me. And so where's the, where's the, real, where's the battle start? It starts in my own mind, right? Right? Against the what? Repentance. Why against repentance? Why did I say repentance? I'm going to tell you why I said repentance. Because a, a, a repentance is a change of what? Change of my thoughts. And where is the attack about the image of God going on? It's going on in my heart with my thoughts. In the angelic conflict, in the conflict against God, has a personal effect on me as I think about who God is apart from the very image of who God is in myself. That's what goes on. And so when we talk about these truths, these scriptures, and they're, listen, they are, believe me, they're beyond.
you sit in front of a Bible, in front of a computer, you say, God, you come with your thimble, he just starts pouring an ocean over you in a, a couple hour period of time. A couple hour period of time in comparison to what? Eternity. Like, please. We're, you talk about scratching the surface of something. That doesn't mean we can't, we can't be used by God to manifest the scratching of surface something. Praise the Lord. At least he's manifested. <laughs> right? But this is like, like, oh, I got a couple pages of scripture on this. Like, there's not... <laughs> trying to carry volumes, right, of what God's thoughts are about this, right? So what is he doing in redemption, right? What do you do? We were born in iniquity, and in our mother's womb we were conceived in sin, right? Well, what's redemption? It's bringing us right back to the image he created us in, which is whose? His. So what does he want us to do? He wants us, he, he wants us to get settled on the fact that we were created in his image. And be, listen, and just be settled with it. All right? Right in here. So I'll just share a few verses and then I'll, I'll finish up. Verses like this. In John, 1 John 4, 17, it says, because as he is, right, his image, so are we in this world. Why? Because we are created in his image. Is there any part of us separated from any part of him, John? No. How about 1 John 3, 2? But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Why? Because we are created in his likeness. For we shall see him as he is. What are you trying to say, Mike? We were created in his likeness. We were created in his image. And you can't, listen, you can't even, you can't understand the truth about who you are apart from him in his image and in his likeness. How about Colossians 3, 4? When Christ, who is our life, shall appear. Oh, what's it? What? Wait a minute. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. Why, Mike? Because we were created in his, in his likeness. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now we see in part, but then we shall see, then we shall know also as we also are known. Do you think God has a problem with our image in him? We know that by verses. How do we know that by a verse? Because we shared it yesterday in Hebrews 2.11. What does it say about us? He's not ashamed to call us what? His brother. What's a brother? What's a brother? The same. Right? See, these and like, these, this, listen, this is like scratching the surface of God's thoughts about this. Right? And the conflict, and I, listen, and I, I just want to say, listen, it's not okay to hate yourself. That's a paganistic, demonic worship. 
of a rejection of the image of God. Please, please hear what I just said. That's what that is. It is not okay to hate yourself. It is not. Okay, we, 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 in that place, we will worship another God as we hate one. We know, we know what it says about, we know what worship is related to. It's related to service. And in Matthew chapter 6, it says, listen, you cannot serve two masters. You cannot worship two masters. You will either worship the one, love the one, is what it's saying there. Worship or love the one, give homage to the one, and hate the other, reject the other, or vice versa. And you can only worship and love God in obedience, like Ed said yesterday, right? With a will submitted to him, right? And live in the reality of the image of the creator and likeness who made you. You understand? Okay? And so I want to pray. Lord, Father, we just love you this morning. We just thank you so much for your long-suffering patience and goodness towards us. And uh, just how you desire for us to enter in to the freedom of your will and your purpose and design for us as, as we glorify you in the true image of who you are and we rest in the love of the satisfaction of your son in the process. And so, Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you so much for these people. And just ask you to lead us and guide us as we just, as you use us to make these booklets on image. And uh, we just, just really ask you to have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. I'm just going to read. Uh, First, I want to say this, too, and Mike, see how we did Mike said, when, we, when he was going into the fall, right, one thing we need to, to understand, the thing that we need to understand is this. <clears throat> when, I, when I understand Isaiah 46, verse 10, it says this, that he declares the end from the beginning, Okay. In Acts 15, verse 18, it says, Known unto God are all his works from the beginning. Okay, so, what beginning? When did God begin? I mean, he's always been, right? He's always been. So, before there was an angel created, and before there was this fall and an angelic conflict, and before even man was created... Think of all of that, right? And then think of Revelations 13, verse 8. He was the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. That was before anything created. Listen to this verse. No man has seen God at any time. First thing I want to say this, okay? And I do thank God for translations, but it's so necessary to understand by the grace of God and growth, the original languages. Because it doesn't say in the original, no man. It says no created being. No angel or man, and that's all there are, by the way. There's not any people in outer space or, or these other things. 
Okay, the Bible makes it very clear. There's a host of angels, and there's a race of mankind. Okay? But what it's saying here is no created being has ever seen God in all of his fullness. No created being. Listen to what it says. And what we have is Christians. The only begotten son, and really the Greek says the unique, one-of-a-kind, only begotten son. And by the way, let's figure it out. <laughs> let's figure it out with God. Okay. But what are we to understand? That the, the son was eternally begotten of the father. Figure that out. Can you figure that out with me? Can't figure that out, right? Nope. But can we trust God? We can trust him for that. So God the Son was eternally begotten of the Father, and the Holy Spirit proceeds from both. And yet they're three distinct separate individuals, and yet one in essence. And listen to what it says. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he has spelled him out. Is that talking about image? This very brief again this morning. Did anything, has anything ever taken God by surprise? One single thing. One single thing. Has, has anything ever taken God by surprise? In other words, is anything that he doesn't even think of outside of the image of who he is? He doesn't, does he? He doesn't. Did he know about the fall of Adam? He knew about the fall of Adam. Did he know, does he know about every single area, every single thing in our life? He knows every single thing, right? Now, Adam fell, right? He did. Adam is Mike. <laughs> We're sharing the word of God in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. He was created in the image of God, in the likeness, okay? Because he can't be God, but he can be created in his likeness. What does that mean? Very basically, Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless, right? So to understand that, God is one in essence, Yet there's three distinct, he has three distinct personalities that make up who God is, right? We're created in his image, spirit, soul, and body. Three parts, one in essence, right? Three parts, one in essence. And so here's God. Did he know about the fall even before it happened? Yes. Right. Adam was created in his image. Okay, now... We are recreated in the image of Christ. Isn't that correct? That proper image, right? right? Are we better off than Adam ever would have been had he not fallen? Absolutely. Not even close. You see the wisdom and genius and beauty of God? Can anyone outthink him? I mean, knowing, knowing that. Do you think at some point, possibly... Possibly, before Lucifer, son of the morning, reflecting the glory of his creator Christ, do you think at some point, at some point that he, at some point, the, in, in, were taught that God was going to create a race of humans, but there would be a fall 
of, of angels. Could that be a possibility? Could be. Could be a possibility. Right? And could that have been part of what caused him to fall? In Isaiah 14, 12 to 15, we see the five I wills, right? You see what he said? I will. In other words, with his own will, he's going to be what? Like the most high. Also, what, you know, what I like too is when you read Hebrews 2, verse 16, we, what we have to see is that Christ, it says, took on the seed of Abraham. Why is it called the seed of Abraham? Why? He just, he took on the whole seed of all humanity? Doesn't say that. It says he took on the seed of Abraham. And who was Abraham? One who believed God. One whose will was submitted to God. You see that? One whose will is submitted to God. Now, 2 Corinthians 10. This is what it says here. Verse 1, it says, Now I, Paul, beseech you by the, the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who am in presence and base among you, but being absent and, and bold towards you. Let me make this clear, okay? God the Holy Spirit, through his, through his messenger, is being sarcastic right here. Can God be that way? But I beseech you that I, I may not be bold when I'm present with that confidence where I think to be bold against some, which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh, the, our own will. For though we walk in the flesh, in these physical bodies, right, we do not war after the flesh. For what? The weapons, the weapons of our warfare are what? Are not What? Carnal, they're not flesh and blood, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of what? What is a stronghold? Listen to what it says. Casting down imaginations. What is an imagination? It's an image. It's an image. Does it have anything to do with God's will? Do I have anything to do with God other than Christ? In John 4, 34, who fulfilled the will of God and finished the work? Christ did, right? So here, casting down imaginations, okay, is this out there, as Mike said, or is it in here? It's in here. Casting down imaginations in every high thing, hoopsima, this, this satanic battle that's outside, right? Remember, long before... Uh, Satan never fell and became Satan, Lucifer. He became Satan. There was only one will. We talked about this years ago, right? Years ago. There was only one will. When he fell, they became what now? Two wills, right? There were two wills. Then in these two wills, they became two thought forces looking for someone to function in and through, right? And what is this? And casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Okay, do you and I have a knowledge of God outside of Christ? 
Do I know who I am outside of Christ? Do I know who God is outside of Christ? See? But when you look at this, okay, and bringing what? Every, every what? Bringing into captivity what? Every what? Thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when what? And when my obedience is fulfilled, what do I experience? 1 John 4, 17. As he is right now, where is he right now? Seated at the right hand of the Father. As he is right now, what? So are we. Any separation? In this present evil world, right? Now, what is that thing that opposes the proper image of God in us? What would be that? What is that thing? Under the control of un, under the control of Satan. It's the flesh, is it not? Look at what it says. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience. What is all disobedience? Where does that come from? Where does it come from in the believer? Functioning apart from the will of God through Christ in a proper image. Okay? Do I, do I, were we all born with free will? Yes. We all have free will, right? When was the first time that we operated in freedom in our free will? The, the minute we received Christ, the second that I received Christ, that was the first time we ever operated in, a, in freedom in a free will. That's right. <laughs> Boy, I tell you. And think about this. Think about this. When, when I consider these verses, and when you consider how God has, has who are we going to rule and reign over? Will we just, in the millennial reign, will we, will we just rule and reign with Christ over all people groups, over the Jews and over every nation? Yes, we will. Scores of it, verses in the millennial reign. We don't have a need to even quote them right now. But will we also rule and reign over angels in 1 Corinthians 6, 2 and 3? Did God switch the whole creative order in Hebrews 2, 9 to 18? He switched the whole order. Why? Why did God do that? Really, was it a switch? Or was it always his plan? And was it all, did it always have to do with his image? And who can express his image in Christ better than you and I in Christ? God. What does it mean to be a Christian? John 1.18. Listen, listen. No created being has ever seen God in all his fullness. But the Son of God, who spells him out, God Almighty, that God would put on humanity? Do you think that, do you think, and even the Bible, look at the Bible in the synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Was there any resistance from the enemy to stop that? Do everything he could to stop the image of God. Do you think there was opposition? Do you think it would be any less right now? Listen, we are. If Adam had never fallen, if he had never fallen, well, does that even exist? 
We are so far better off in Christ. It's, can't even explain it. I can't even explain it. But God never had a plan ever outside of his lamb. And that lamb is his image. Listen, you get something, you know, things like, you know, like you said, like I, I hate myself. Uh, you know, Christians, I, I hate myself. Uh, well, yeah, that's what you get for making more of yourself in a fallen lie that you're no longer of than him. I hate the way I'm designed. I, I hate everything about me, right? You know, when it says God created man in his image, do you think that that meant just <laughs> all at once? Or was he very precise in everything that he did? In your specific design? Oh, God. Do you think that he designed you specifically in a way that only you, you, could reveal him to a whole angelic race. Because I'm going to say this, and we'll close with this because there's so much more. I don't think I've ever been more tired in my life, but I'm trusting God. But do you know that in Job 38 and verse 7, it, it says that all the sons of God there, really what it's saying is they watched Christ the pre-incarnate Christ. Pre-incarnate means before he put on humanity, by the way. Well, well, you know, when it says God created, well, God created, yes. Well, who? It's the Son of God did. He was the creator. John 1, 3. Colossians 1, 16. Everything you see of material, everything that's created, guess who created it? The pre-incarnate Christ. Not, a, not apart from the Father, under his direction. Right? And they all played a, a similar part in it. There's no question about that. But when you see that, the angels are, and Satan's there too, by the way, before, before his fall, he's watching the pre-incarnate Christ speak things into existence. And we've shared it like this before. You know, it's a time I was watching these, these fireworks. You ever get around, you watch these fireworks and all this beauty, and we start, people start clapping and saying, yay, that's what the angels were doing when they were watching Christ speak things into existence. They're clapping. And they know him like that. We, Mike mentioned, and see, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I mentioned it with the scriptures, you know. But in Isaiah, the sixth chapter, you see these seraphims, they're burners. That's what it says in the Hebrew. They're reflecting his glory. They have six wings to cover their face. <laughs> oh, God. To cover their face. Uh, to, to cover their feet, which speaks of unbe unfallen, unbelievable, low humility in the, in the, in the presence of just, just an, a certain amount of reflected glory in Christ. And two, they fly, instant obedience, right? They don't even come, unfallen, the angels right now, they don't even come close to knowing the creator like you and I do. That's our opportunity because of our image. Okay, let me ask you this. Were the angels created in his image? No. They reflect his glory, but were they created in his image? No. As a human being, as one that's in Christ, you know, how you doing? <laughs> Seriously, how you doing? Yeah? Listen to 1 Peter 1.12. And you and I think it's just about us, our life, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's me, my own little world. 
And by the way, God created you and I in his image, and it has nothing to do with this world, but another one to come, and baby, it is coming. Boy, I can't wait, but I'm going to have to, because I need to learn patience. <laughs> Just like y'all here in Texas. <laughs> Did I say it good? Isn't that right? All right. First Peter chapter 1, verse 11, it says this, Seeing what? Of what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Has any of us experienced suffering? Huh? You think that's separated from glory? You think that's separated from a proper image? It's not. Watch. Unto whom it was revealed. Listen, not that not unto themselves. All those old covenant, those Old Testament saints. Listen, there's a difference between us and the church. There's heavenly people, right? Right? There are scores that went to heaven before us, right? Before Christ even put on humanity, scores of them. But they're not, are they, are they in Christ in the sense that you and I are? No. No. Not even close. You understand the opportunity that we have, that we're involved with? Unto them, not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things. That means we can glean from all of those things. Which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Spirit sent down from heaven. That's the difference, right? And which things the angels desire to look into. You know what they're learning? They're learning things. The un unfallen angels and the others, whether they like it or not, too. Okay? They are learning things about their creator through the very specific image of each individual that was created that reflects that image. And that's what makes up the whole body. Christ, the one new man. They're looking in and learning things about their creator that they never could know otherwise because the order of God was always that. You know that God, that when did God start thinking about you and I and his, and his son? When did he start? Revelation 13, 8, the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. The works in Hebrews 4, 3, finished. The works that were finished, did that have anything to do with our image? Yep. I'm going to tell you one thing, and I was strongly convicted uh, yesterday and all through the night. Yeah, weak, frail, yeah, can't handle all this, yeah, write them. <laughs> going to do it too. Because it's, it's not like God didn't prepare those things already. You know, everything, everything that we have... Everything that we desired to be was already prepared in Christ and it's already ours. Yeah. We just have to submit our will and be obedient. And he told me a long time ago, stop saying I can't. Start saying I can do all things right. through Christ, which makes me powerful and mighty in Philippians 4.13. Right? You know why? Because, and I, I believe about the delay with the images because he has a lot to teach us about that even before we write it. Yeah. We write it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> just a, a little pen 
in God's hand through Christ, and he's just going to write it out. You know, he's just going to write it out. Right? Not my will. Did you hear what Jesus said? Not my will, but yours be done. Right? That had everything to do, everything in this sense, to do with our image. Right? For now, 1 Corinthians 13, 12, we do see through a glass darkly. The glass is the reflection. This is the glass is the word. We see through there the reflection of our image. We're seeing. We're learning. We're knowing in part, God, that's who, my image. Through a glass, darkly, darkly is by faith. That has nothing to do with feelings, has nothing to do with natural intelligence, has every single thing to do with grace. When I think outside of grace and truth, which is Christ, do I think outside of my image? Yes. What, okay, do I struggle in my image about who I am in Christ? No. I don't, and you don't. We don't. None of us do. None of us do. So finally, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. You and I are saved by grace, right? We have been saved. We're saved by grace through what? Faith. When does that stop? Okay. Will we be dependent for all eternity? But thank God there'll never be another interruption. There'll never be a space. Ever. By, by faith. And even that, not of ourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We are at what? Who, whose image were we created in? Whose works? Are we working? Are we doing anything? Or is he working in us? And what must he work in us so that 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 comes out might be right? It's our image, how we see each other, how we treat each other. Is anything of the natural involved in it? Is anything called fellowship that doesn't have to do with a proper image in Christ? Not a single thing. Boy, we have it. No created being, no created being has ever seen God in all his fullness, only the Son. And you know why we have eternal life and we have that life in 1 John 5, 11, Christ is that life? You know why? Because for all eternity, for all eternity, we're going to be experiencing a proper image. For all eternity. Can I separate my image then in closing? Can I separate my image from the love that God loves me with? Not a single bit. Not one single bit. Right? Just looking forward to even more what God has for us. Continually. You know, of course here, but, but all throughout uh, the time that we're here and, on, and all the way into what? Because what is the great parenthesis of time? It's called eternity. That's right. We have this time for God to work into us a proper image. Again, and there's another book that we want to write. It's called The White Stone. And that goes into Revelations 2 and verse 17. The White Stone speaks of the inscribed character that was developed in us and our own individuality with an image that we'll be able to fellowship with Christ for all eternity. Do you hear that? 
Everything he did was very precise for us. That's why we never should compare ourselves with, with another. In 2 Corinthians 10, 12, no wisdom in that. There's no wisdom in comparing. It's just a, just a receiving in a, proper, in a proper place. In a proper place. I'm just looking forward to that. Uh, one thing I know I do need is a lot of prayer about this. Because it's not that these things haven't been ready. It's just been a lot of resistance. Two reasons. Number one, just a lot of resistance from the atmosphere. And then number two, number two is just a lot that God has had to do in me. And his timing is as important as his provision. And I believe that that is the time to do it. But need a lot of prayer because I'm not going to do it without you guys. It's the truth. That's why God put us together. It's no accident. It is no accident. And the most powerful weapon that we have, when we have all the armor on, is prayer. That's right. It's prayer. Amen? Amen. I can't wait for these booklets. And I've been waiting. (laughs) Enough if I can't. I can't simply means will not submit (laughs) it. But I can. Amen? Amen?